Welcome to Behind the Backline, the podcast where we chat with merchants, brands, and industry professionals in the musical instrument, pro audio, and event technology space about their products, services, industry trends, stories, and more. Join us now as we dig into the stories behind our favorite backline gear. Hey guys, welcome to episode 38 of Behind the Backline. My name is Matt Jacoby, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Jared Judge of BookLive.com. Thanks for joining me today, Jared. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, uh, straight out of my backyard, which I seem to have a few of lately, um, in Milwaukee. Uh, not, not, I guess just down the street is more like it, not necessarily my backyard. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for uh, uh, coming on today um, and taking some time out of your schedule. Um, so yeah, let's get started and just kind of have us or have you uh, start us off on on a little bit about who you are, and uh, then we'll get into a book lab after that. Yeah, sure. It's great to be here. Thanks again for having me. So I am a musician. Um, I currently live in Milwaukee. My main instrument's violin, and I've been a live performer ever since I could walk. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> so um, back when I was like way little. Um, I saw my first live performance. It was a professional violinist on stage and I was just obsessed. I, I think I was like five or six years old and I got home and I found some popsicle sticks and I put them on my shoulder and I pretended I was playing violin and I thought it was the best thing ever. So being a live performer has been in my blood ever since I was born. So um, naturally I went through school and continued taking private violin lessons picked up piano, and then I went to undergrad to be a music teacher. And I went to Penn State University and got my, my degree in music education. And then I taught in the public schools for three years as a music teacher. And during that time, I started to have these desires to do something a little bit more with music in addition to teaching. So that's when I joined up with a local opera company, and I started to learn a little bit about conducting opera and conducting orchestras. And I thought that that was super cool and so much fun and something that I could really see myself pursuing. So it was because of that uh, that I decided to pursue orchestra conducting as a profession. And I applied and got into University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So that's what took me from the East Coast. I was born and raised on the East Coast, took me into the Midwest. And that's where I've landed and I've been there, uh, been here for about the past four years now. Um, so got my degree at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, but while I was there as a grad student, and most grad students and musicians can relate to this, is that you start to, uh, to get a little strapped for cash. Like, am I right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, so while I, I just finished my first year of a two-year master's program in orchestra conducting, and I needed a way to earn extra income. And so I was looking around Milwaukee and, and I saw that there were opportunities here and there. I could be a customer service agent. I actually did work a little bit for um, the Milwaukee Repertory Theater as one of their house managers. But anything that I found was not related to music. And for me, that felt like, why am I getting this degree as a performer if I'm just going to be pursuing something else on the side? Like, you know, if I'm not using that time to make myself better as a musician, then it's actually making me worse at a musician. Mm -hmm. So it was during, during that time that I decided to start my own music agency. So I started Dream City Music uh, right after my first year of grad, grad school. And what Dream City Music is, it's a music agency 
that sells wedding string quartet performances to couples who are getting married here in, in the Milwaukee and Wisconsin areas. So I started that out just by doing some very simple things that I know how to do um, because I do have some experience as an app developer and as a web developer. And so I started out very simply by putting up a website and marketing myself as a musician. And uh, pretty much within days after me starting this thing, I started to get bookings. And so I realized that uh, I, I had found kind of like a, a gold mine here of people who were willing to pay for live music. And as long as I could market to them and as long as I could fulfill on the promises I was making to them, I could really scale this up and like earn a decent living from it. So um, yeah, I did that and I pursued Dream City Music pretty heavily to the point where in my second year of grad school, um, my professor started to give me some pushback saying like, you're spending too much time on your business. <laughs> Are you here for school or for business? So um, it was, it was a tough time. Um, I eventually found the right balance, but you know, as you're, uh, as you're being a live musician and selling your services to non-musicians, there is a ton of administrative work that they actually don't teach you in music school. So uh, in music school, and even in like private lessons, if you take private lessons and you're not in music school, you're focused 100% on musical performance. So that might include like technique on your instrument, your music theory, music history, and just learning the repertoire that you need to learn. Um, but yeah, in, in all of my education, none of it was spent on how to do the back office side of performing. So that was where uh, as a, an agency owner, I had to figure it all out for myself. And so I, I, I took the challenge on head on and dove in and figured out pretty much everything from scratch. Here's how to market yourself on the internet. Here's how to talk to clients and get them to sign contracts with you. Here's how to eventually uh, get them to plan their music with you. And here's how to collaborate with other musicians. And then, of course, here's how to take payments in a way that doesn't require you taking cash payments at the gig or potentially not getting paid at all. Um, I did actually have an experience during my undergrad where I played for my friend's wedding and we did not have an agreement in place. I assumed that I was getting paid. And of course, that was a false assumption. I wound up getting stiffed afterwards. So um, <laughs> for Dream City Music, I decided that I was going to do things differently. And I learned it all. I learned, learned everything the hard way. And I learned it the right way. And that kind of became, um, well, one, for Dream City Music, that got us to 150 weddings in our second year, uh, which for most string quartets, they do an average of 10 to 20 a year. So I've just by figuring out those key pieces of back office stuff that is the tough stuff they don't teach you in music school gets got us a lot more bookings. But two, that kind of became the genesis of what Book Live is right now. Wow. So you've never touched anything in music then before, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could say I've I've had a few experiences in music. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you sound like more of a more of a sports guy. No, I was kidding. Um so uh were your parents like musically um, inclined at all? Or was this uh, kind of new for them too when you, you, you kind of came out of walking and went straight to music? <laughs> um, well, they were always music enthusiasts. 
they played instruments in high school. Like my mom was a violin player, but she stopped in high school. My dad played bass in a band and he stopped, but uh, still has his bass. I think he picks it up every now and again, but they were never, um, they never pursued it more than just a casual hobby. So I'm not really sure where I got it from. <laughs> gotcha. Well, at least your parents played something that was similar to what you had. My my mom it was a clarinet and my dad was the accordion. So uh, I have no idea where mine came from. I, I hear you though. <laughs> yeah. So accordion, were they in a polka band? No, but he won't let us live it down after 37 years. He just keeps saying, I wish she hadn't sold my accordion when we got married. But anyway... <laughs> Well, that is, oh my God, that is a, that you, you sound like you got the, the pitch down pretty good because you probably have told the story a few, few times for book live. Is that right? Yeah. I've definitely had to tell the story quite a few times. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you, you got the, the long elevator pitch down. That's for sure. I mean, most people, including me, you know, it just takes a while sometimes to get things out. So that that's, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you know, it kind of gave us an overview as to what what Book Live is addressing. Um, where do you kind of feel that um, Book Live's future lies, or what is? Do you have like an ultimate goal or an ultimate dream for where you'd like to see it get to? Yeah, so Book Live is basically the app that is the brains behind how I ran Dream City Music uh, and how I still run it. It's still going, by the way. Okay. Um, so Book Live right now exists on the web as a web app that's in beta. And we do have a mobile app coming soon that will also be in beta in the next couple of months. But I don't know, as, as a musician and as a performer, these things that they don't teach you and that you have to learn for yourself, is it's a difficult thing for musicians because there's not too many people showing you how to do this. And there are people who are trying to make a lot of money off of you to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like booking agents, uh, that kind of thing. So what I see is, is BookLive can really be that thing for musicians who don't have the formal business training that would really help you get ahead. And what it would do is it takes care of all of the back office stuff that either one, you don't know how to do, or two, you don't have time to do. So what I really see is BookLive can replace all of these different small p- services and apps that people piece together and I've seen some very creative solutions to like how people manage their bookings. Like, you know, I've seen people store uh, notes in their phone or even in text messages and then have to like <laughs> somehow put that into a, a contract. And then I don't know, I've seen th- very creative things. And I just want to help musicians legitimize how they do things so that it could save them time and it can actually help them get more bookings and earn more money. You know, if text message contracts ever become a thing, you know, musicians will be the first ones to lead it apparently. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's, that's crazy. No, I, I totally agree with you hundred percent. I know we've talked about this when we, uh, we met in February um, and um, what you're doing is right up the alley that it's, it's so difficult for bands to, they don't want to do it themselves, but they also don't have the funds. And I mean, there's just kind of this happy medium that's, that needs to be found and especially in the new DIY market and it just isn't the way it used to be. And I think, I, I think you're, you, you're on the right track. You, you got a good thing going on. And I, I think this is, um, I personally think this is a, a good place to be. Um, 
how's yeah so how's the uh, response been overall like do bands find it to be helpful do they find it to be frustrating that they're missing out on all this stuff that they didn't even realize they were missing out on or uh, how's it kind of been so far yeah um so we've i've primarily been working with groups that are similar to my agency okay so um i'll shout out a couple um there's elegant music services which is run by a nice lady named nancy out in racine and then I'm also working with um, two other agencies um, very closely. One's called Viva La Strings. They're based in Dayton, Ohio. And then Otherwise Strings, which is based in California. Um, so the initial group that I'm really heavily targeting are agencies similar to Dream City Music, um, just because it's a natural fit of where to start. Mm-hmm. And the response from them has been absolutely incredible. Um, they just similar to most musicians they've been piecing together these tools that were not meant for musicians and you know i I talked with them and i've been working with them one-on-one for quite some time now and and helping acclimate them to a new system where everything is all in one place and uh it's it's so fun to like watch them learn and grow and and see them save the time when they're booking with their couples because they're mostly they mostly do weddings too Mm-hmm. and they have amazing f- feedback for me. Um, they request these features that like, oh, those are thoughts that I've had when I was running Dream City Music. Like, how do we calculate travel from here to Beloit, you know, uh, and then multiply that by the number of musicians? I'm like, oh, let's just put a travel calculator together. So, yeah, I mean, working with that initial cohort has been very good, and and they absolutely love it. Uh, they've actually gotten rid of some of their other uh, software that they'd paid for so they could switch to book live. Um, and then working with non wedding musicians is also going pretty well. I would say that that is a, um, something that we're still working on is making this platform kind of work for multiple different types of music because, you know, let's face it, music is not a one size fits all thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a medium range goal is to to help this platform work for any type of musician. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I've gotten from non-wedding musicians is that they wanted help working and connecting with venues. So that was a, a very interesting piece of feedback because in in the wedding space, like you're concerned about working with wedding venues and other vendors, like you want to make industry partners because those are the ones that can bring you more business kind of you I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine but non-wedding venues is more of a sales process Mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot of advice out there for musicians like if you want to play at venues you have to build a list of venues for yourself and then you have to put together a nice press kit and then you have to reach out to the people at these venues who can you know, essentially either book you or pass you on to the person who does the bookings. And it might take, you know, many different contacts to finally get a yes. Like you might not be ready now, or they might ask ask you to bring a certain number of people. So that's a whole process in itself that wedding musicians typically don't have to do. Mm -hmm. But that's something that I actually am interested in helping musicians do through the platform by helping them build that list of venues helping them find the relevant contacts at each of those venues and help them put together a press kit 
and help them draft their initial reach out messages too. That uh, that would be, oh my God, so helpful. I know so many people who would be like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I don't have to do, oh, I still have to do work, but they have to do less work. <laughs> yeah. It's just so scattered, you know, with like having a spreadsheet with the name of your venues and having your different drafts of email messages and your press kit. It's just all in so many different places that like, what if it was just in one place? How much time would that save? Yeah, I agree. So to date, um, what has been the uh, the largest hurdle out of all of these hurdles that you have overcome to get book life to where it is today? That's a good question. Um, you know, as a small business and a startup, uh, there are so many hurdles, um, everything from funding to make sure that I can be working on this full time to getting the word out there. Um, I would actually say getting the word out there has been one of the biggest hurdles Um, as musicians. And I think most musicians relate to this. It's hard to market yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, is that your experience too? Yes. Uh, Marketing. I mean, I feel like musicians are, are, they almost have to naturally become a marketer, but whether they're good at it or not is also another avenue. (laughs) Right. I think it's just so difficult to sell yourself and talk yourself up because I think most musicians tend to be more on the humble side. Like we enjoy doing our art and if people like it, that's great. Um, but with a product, you know, with, with a, an app like this, it's a little like, it's similar to marketing yourself as a musician, but you actually have to, to market it. Uh, people aren't just going to come to it until it's like, out of beta and everything works great for everybody, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you have an actual like out of beta launch date yet? Or is it just kind of as it goes, you'll decide to call it a version one? Um, We don't have an official launch date yet. We are working with a couple different investors on planning out a full timeline for this. Um, But yeah, once, once that timeline's in place, that'll be like, Right now is the official beta point, and then 1.0 will be out at this point. That'll, you know, the next version will be like <clears throat> in incremental updates, and then a version two. Okay. Um, so overall, in the uh, the whole process from you know from when you started this uh, with Dream City Music and out of college and everything, how long have you been at this? How long has the product been in development? That's a tough question because honestly, I feel like the product is kind of a physical representation of like my and my colleagues' understandings of how the music industry works. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, you know, I've been developing this product ever since I put those two popsicle sticks on my shoulder and (laughs) pretended it was a violin. (laughs) I get Um, it. I get it. (laughs) But as far as like the actual lines of code being written and thoughts being put down on a paper... Um, we've only really started putting the lines of code down for book live for maybe four months. Okay. Um, I do have to say though, for dream city music, we were using an in-house app that was basically the predecessor to book live. Um, so I had coded something for dream city music, which was an app that helped us manage all of those different back office tasks. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started coding that pretty much in June or July of 2016. And then it wasn't until about November of 2018 that we decided, oh, let's pull that from Dream City and turn it into its own thing called Book Live. Got it. So it's still pretty young. 
is what you're yeah. saying. That's that's yeah. That, I mean, that's you guys have come a long way in that that short. I, w- I was actually expecting you to say a couple of years, and uh, that's uh, four months is is a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah. Well, we laid a good foundation with Dream City. Um, yeah, the the app that we used for that. I affectionately named Hildegard because that's a a composer name from like the Renaissance time period in music. And my team always gets a kick out of it being called Hildegard. Got it. I, uh, yeah, I left all of the uh, classical studies and things behind in like school. I just, that wasn't, that wasn't me at the time or afterwards, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're music geeks at book lab. <laughs> And and you need to be, otherwise you can't do this. Because this, if if you, I mean, you've been in it long enough. We know that if you're in music, it's definitely for the passion, not for the money. At least at this point. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not. I mean, it's yeah, it's just a really big kid hobby. After a while, <laughs> it's so frustrating though, because I think most musicians would want it to be their their full time gig. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I can help more of them make it that way. Yeah. You know, we, uh, as, as I've, I don't want to, you know, bring up too many things about it, but in, of course, you know, like we talked about in February a little bit, we're kind of on that same path where, is it possible to make your music a career? Is it, um, is it more and more possible to what we would call, um, middle-class musicians? You're not necessarily looking to get signed. It's just more of like, can I be a doctor? Can I be a musician? Can I be a or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah you kind of you kind of want them to be able to do that full time so i i yeah i get it yeah and it is it is a lot more competitive these days for musicians but at the same time i think there are so many more tools available to them that if you learn these tools you could really make a solid living as a musician full time I think that's almost part of the problem is where there's so many tools now. And I feel like there's always something new coming out, whether it's consumer focused or for the band that the bands are almost confused as to, I don't know what I should be using. So I'm just going to go default to Google docs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it's yeah. Like, or or in your your case, you know, text messaging or notes on the phone or whatever, they're just like, I'm going to work, use what works for me. But hopefully that, you know, something like book live will be that game changer where it's, like I, I get it now. I, I can standardize on something and not get completely confused with my life while I try to make a living doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the dream. And if anyone wants to to chime in and let let us know what they need from it, you know, we're happy to to make those adjustments. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a good uh, good segue into um, what's the the um, the website so people can uh, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So you could find the Book Live web app at booklive.com. Um, we also have a social media presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is Book Live App. Okay, cool. Yeah, actually, I just found it. I tagged you before we started here, so that's perfect. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, it's been fun having you. I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to connect uh, a second time this year already. And um, I, bet, I wish you guys the best of luck with uh, with your continued success on this. And I uh, hope we can... Uh, uh, stay connected and hopefully, you know, even help you guys out with, uh, getting it into more hands. So, yeah, well, thanks so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to behind the backline brought to you by active media an inbound marketing agency focused on helping music merchants develop an automated solution to increase website sales. You can find active media at www.active.media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or Google Play Music to learn more about great products and companies in the musical instrument 
pro audio and event technology space, and be sure to leave a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. We encourage you to share us with your friends and colleagues via social media, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Hey guys, Matt here from Behind the Backline. I recently released a free on-demand training called Three Steps to Drumming Up More Website Sales. During the nine-minute video, you'll learn the secrets to streamline your brand's image and dramatically increase your website sales. If you're a music brand or a retailer and you want to increase your website sales, go to octave.media slash drumoffer today. That's octave.media slash drumoffer. And thanks for listening to Behind the Backline.